This faculty, this university, uh, is part of New Zealand, which means it faces challenges that we're all very familiar with, whether in the justice sector, the health sector, any part of New Zealand, economic education. As we all know, um, outcomes for Māori and Pacific um, are worse. And we know it's complex, we know it's complicated, and if anyone had any quick and easy answers, we'd all have it fixed. So it's a long and challenging process. Um, so Aqua Arts is a response to that in some ways, but also we want to be more um, responsive to our context. We want to think about, look, this place was set up in 1883 as a little Oxford that unfortunately for it happened to be in the Pacific, you know, but it wanted to be a little England. And we've lived that way ever since. And we're discovering it just doesn't work. A few weeks ago, Tiahika visited the University of Auckland's Faculty of Arts to discuss the Ako Arts programme with Dr Hidini Carr. A new way, it seems, of analysing the teacher and student space, that is, the implementation of mātauranga Māori, or Māori knowledge systems, into the classroom. Dr. Hirini Ka is an academic, an author, a featured writer for the spin-off and an Anglican priest. His work in the past has centred around social services, that is, working alongside his iwi and the hahi. He also fronted Māori Television's 2013 series, The Prophets. Coming up in this episode, Dr Carr talks about his work in academia, the changing landscape of the Faculty of Arts and his upcoming book. Enga mana, enga reo, no piki mai, no kake mai ki te kaupapa nei o tiahika ko Justin Murray ahau. Koutou koutou kai whakarite mo te hōtaka nei. This is our weekly Māori series here on RNZ, offering up an insight into stories about Māori people, places and experience. In 2018, Ako Arts was piloted in the history class Dr. Carr says the program has many forms, from rethinking the whole way a course is delivered, to inviting Māori or Pacific perspectives on a course-related topic. Something like learning te reo Māori, or getting students to attend the Polyfest, or learning a waiata, or a mihi, which is a self-introduction in te reo Māori. But this is not something that is supplementary to the student's learning experience. It is woven into the course content, something Dr. Carr describes as the reinsertion of mātauranga Māori alongside a global body of knowledge. We sat down for a chat about this inside one of the rooms, Te Tumu. Um, most of our large faculties have taken on these new roles as kaiārahi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of responsibilities. It's very broad brief. Really, I report directly to the dean, who's basically the CEO of the faculty, um, and I'm the lead advisor on Martin Pacific uh, issues and drive Martin Pacific um, outcomes and programs as well. Um, we're a big faculty. We've got about 5,000 students, about 400 staff in this faculty alone, so it's a significant institution. And about 27% of our students are Martin Pacific, so it's a considerable... Um, constituency for us as well. So kaiarahi, 
to be that person who is, you know, paving a certain journey or, or, or pathway? What, how would you describe, you know, your work at that holistic level, I suppose? I'm still working that out for myself, what clarity <laughs> actually means, yeah. but to point, to guide, yeah. um, to uh, help our faculty uh, find the right path, the right direction. Um, it's very appropriate because it's not so much, you know, develop and deliver this program because this is the magical cure. Um, it's more like mm-hmm. where do we think we need to go um, because this is the question for Aotearoa New Zealand as much as it is for this faculty. So Ako Arts, essentially what is it within this particular faculty? This faculty, this university, uh, is part of New Zealand, which means it faces challenges that we're all very familiar with, whether in the justice sector, the health sector, any part of New Zealand, economic Education, as we all know, um, outcomes for Māori and Pacific um, are worse. And we know it's complex, we know it's complicated, and if anyone had any quick and easy answers, we'd all have it fixed. So it's a long and challenging process. Um, so Aquarts is a response to that in some ways, but also um, it's saying to us as a faculty, it's us as a faculty saying, We want to be more um, responsive to our context. We want to think about, like, this place was set up in 1883 as a little Oxford that, unfortunately for it, happened to be in the Pacific, you know, but it wanted to be a little England. And we've lived that way ever since. And we're discovering it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't produce the outcomes we want. So 1883, we're a little Oxford. We use, you know, English Western methodologies, epistemologies, ways of knowing... Uh, the subjects we taught, you know, it was all very European. That doesn't work. It hasn't worked for some time. It's certainly not going to work in the future because we make a terrible Oxford. We're too small, we're too poor, and we're not English. You know, it just doesn't work in a range of ways. We're best at being who we are here in Aotearoa, the Pacific, in 2020. That's who we want to embrace. So Aqua Arts is also helping us, in terms of our teaching, embrace that at a really quite deep level. How do we think about our context and really bring it into our practice? There's some significant challenges there, but also mm-hmm. some significant opportunities there as well for us. And sorry, and yeah. for the vast majority of our staff who are non-Māori and non-Pacific, there's a particular challenge there as well. I mean, it makes me think of in the, I think it was like the mid-80s or even the early 90s, there was this push towards biculturalism uh, within educational institutions, I can think of Waiariki back in 1996-ish. Is it more than biculturalism? Is it, I mean, obviously it is because it's actually implementing um, Pacifica Māori ways of being, knowing um, our mātauranga Māori into Eurocentric institutions. institutions. Oh. I'm thinking about pushback. I'm thinking about the implementation, because you've actually been doing this for, was it a couple of years now? Yep, 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 we've been working on it. Um, so in terms of the, um, you know, biculturalism, you know, a lot of that corridor came out of the 80s, eh, when the kind of treaty was finding new ground amongst Parker, it always had ground, it's been our ground forever. Um, but also the settlements were beginning. Mm-hmm. I looked to uh, the uh, Waitangi Tribunal uh, Kuaotero Tene report, 
The Y262 claim, also known as the Flora and Fauna claim, sought to protect Matauranga Māori or customary Māori knowledge. The issue around Matauranga Māori and Taonga Māori was raised during a 1988 ethnobotany hui in Christchurch. A Japanese doctor took kumara cuttings back to Japan. This action concerned the Māori attendees at the hui, including the late Dal Wihongi. Y262 was the first claim lodged by members from different iwi. The claimants were Hana Murray, Hemawitana, Tewitsi McMath, Tamapuata, Kataraina Rimene and John Hippolyte. The claim was lodged in 1991. Kuaute Arua the report, was the tribunal's response to Y262, released in 2011. The report recommended the reform of the laws and policies that affected Māori culture and identity. This included the practices of education, Māori language, heritage and resource management. There's a real intellectual, philosophical heft in that report that I think um, offers a lot to us as a country and as an institution, which is kind of how we reintroduce Mātauranga Māori. You know, this isn't the 80s anymore. Ideas of biculturalism, partnership, which was invented by a Pākehā you know, judge at the time, and somehow we cling to this, like it's still a word we need to you know, live by. You know, we need to think of new ways of understanding tetiriti, new ways of living that out, um, and new ways of really embracing it. Plus, Aotearoa New Zealand has moved on. When I was a school kid in the 80s, uh, te reo wasn't allowed to be taught at my school. Uh, it was rejected. Haka, waiate, uh, atsikanga were all rejected. Now the school I went to, they embrace it with a passion. It's kind of become their thing, you know, their, their way of identifying Mm. a way of expressing themselves. And that's happening all across Aotearoa. So the context has also moved on. So we kind of got to respond to the new reality we find ourselves in rather than keep trying to force older models from a different time. In terms of pushback, you'd be surprised how little there's been. In fact, our problem has really been to keep up with the enthusiasm and the energy. Because basically when we started the corridor, they're like, well, this is what we've been waiting for. Like, how can we get on with it? And, you know, capacity is always a problem. Because to do this with integrity... You know, we can roll out our mātauranga and our reo. We can slap it all over the place. We can use our beautiful, you know, um, decorative arts all over the place. We can make everything look Māori, sound Māori, but it's ngāko. You know, how do we make that Māori? So that's been a challenge, but again, you know, that's what people are looking for now, eh? integrity. We've got a huge proportion of our students come from overseas, you know, and so how do we say to a student here from China or India or the United States, mm. you know, hey, here's another worldview for you to consider. But, you know, the student from China or India is thinking, well, yeah, this idea of whānau, whanaungatanga, that clicks with me, resonates with me straight away. Even mm. ideas like tapu, you know, Hinduism has um, very similar concepts. You know, we speak, we're not the funny ones. We're not the different ones. It's the Western worlds, the unusual ones, yes. in the global sense. So this Victorian thing about our little Oxford, too, in terms of our teaching, right? Yeah. So we've got these giant lecture theatres. Probably most people are familiar with lecture theatres. You walk in, you sit down as a student, and you pull out your computer or whatever and you watch YouTube. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the lecturer stands at the front in the position of power and imparts knowledge at you disseminates. They're the sage on the stage. You're the empty vessel to receive their knowledge. The principle of ako is reciprocal learning. You know, that's the way 
uh, that suits us, that we developed over millennia coming through the Pacific, that the person coming to the learning brings what they bring as well, their whakapapa, their mātauranga, and they're adding to the conversation to the classroom in more than just a token way. You know, together we're constructing knowledge. Now, a lecture theatre is not made for that. You know, it's a very uh, visual symbol of a one-way teaching. Ako, we're trying to say this is a conversation, this is a dialogue, this is us learning together. The teacher's going to learn as much as the student. And hence, ako means both to teach and learn. Now, that paradigm alone is a bit of a, a huge shift, as you can imagine, for a lot of our teachers yes. brought up in that Western tradition. But I'll tell you what, the teachers and the students really respond to it as well because it's, you know, it works. We've proven it works over generations. Now it's working for them as well. With 5,000 students at the Faculty of Arts, the Aqua Arts program works like this in the classroom. An academic course leader is paired with a kayako, a mentor who supports that leader in reciprocal learning. Manakitanga, chakitangata, and tohiva, or creating a connection between student and teacher. Does that then mean there is a right and wrong in the classroom or just together sharing each other's experiences? I think, I think there's certainly the sense of um, respecting uh, the, you know, you might call it the rangatiratanga of the teacher, of the expertise, of the knowledge that they bring as the guide, as the shaper, to help set the kind of framework for the discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't all views are equally valid, so my one and one equals three. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say what iwi I'm from, that, that might but, you know, <laughs> not, not all views are necessarily going to work in every situation. But it does mean you're not an empty vessel, you know, yes. and, and particularly that hasn't worked for Māori and Pacifica students. It hasn't worked for any student, you know, to be ignored for their whakapapa, for their knowledge not to be valued and accepted uh, on some level and incorporated, right? There's ways of thinking through particular issues in different cultural, different even whānau frameworks. So mm. think along those lines. So did you want to extend on, um, you mentioned pāhenare teit, so is there like a, a, a foundation of where this kind of stems from? Okay, sorry. So there's two. So with Aku Arts, um, our foundation, one of the significant, we, um, you know, this is a university, we're as rigorous as we can be within uh, the way we understand knowledge can work. And so looking for, um, we've leant very heavily on kōtaitanga, the programme that's being run in secondary schools that Labor's just brought back uh, in a big way. It's developed for Year 9 and 10 Māori students at secondary schools, right? So, you know, you're thinking, oh, tertiary is quite different. But the really, the real value for us in Kōtaitanga is the use of essentially principles. So, you know, the principles, the values of mātauranga Māori and how they can be influenced and implemented in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've learned heavily on kōtaitanga, but we've adapted it significantly as well. And kōtaitanga has got a huge body of knowledge that goes with it that's really been helpful as well. But we've adapted it. For example, we've got the concept of tauhi vā, which is a Tongan concept. Vā being, you know, like vā, the space in between people. And uh, this is... It's like whanaungatanga, but different in subtle ways, but it's about connection between people, ensuring that that connection is acknowledged and met, which, again, is not the Western paradigm. I don't care who you are in my classroom. You just need to learn and pay your fees now. Get out. You know, that's kind of been the model for 30 years anyway, and, and, and without the fees before that, but still the model. Yes. So ideas like VAR, so these principles. 
We are also doing a, a values project for us as a faculty because the big picture is um, how we engage and embed Mātauranga uh, Māori as per Kualtero um, Tene, the Waitangi Tribunal Report. Uh, so we've been using, uh, working uh, with many of our Māori scholars, including uh, the work of Hirini Woko Mead, of Farihuya Milroy, of all our great, our giants, our thinkers of Māori. But Pahinari Tate in particular, uh, because here in, uh, in the Ruhi of Ngāti Rake, we're leaning towards Taitogero. It might not be my first preference, but it is appropriate. <laughs> my wife, my wife made me. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Uh, but no, it is. It is. You know, we should lean to, lean, to, lean towards the north here. Um, so the work of Partate in terms of the importance and depth of uh, tapu, uh, te tapu te tangata, of mana stemming from that tapu, of the orokohanga. Mm. Our Farinui in this university is Paki Harrison's, probably one of his greatest works. Mm. It's um, an amazing, powerful story that we're taking our staff through so they understand where this tapu is coming from. And it was made for all of us here at the university, not just for Māori. There was a quote from you. You said, it's not a whiteboard exercise, it's a heart exercise. Um, so can you just expand on that a little bit more? Uh, we're a university. We do everything on a whiteboard. Everything's a thought, and that thought, you know, Socratic method, whatever, you know, gets challenged and tested, and you know, and there's a lot of value to that kind of approach. You know, it's done some, produced some amazing results. But this isn't that. This isn't a. If it was a matter of understanding the facts, this country would have gone undergone a much bigger transformation 30 years ago. We've known these facts for a long time now as a country. Uh, we've known about this disparity in outcomes. We've known about institutionalised racism. We know all this stuff. Our leaders know this stuff. And yet the shift isn't happening. You're talking about colonisation in a way? Yep, yep, yep. But also, you know, in recent decades, when this nation started to grapple with those issues more in a more serious way. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem's been we've left it at that kind of intellectual um, knowledge level. And now I think the real challenge is to shift it into a heart response. I gave you the example of before of my school that does haka. Now those boys, it's a boys' school, they you know they rock out a haka for rugby games. They also rock out a haka when they lose uh, a classmate, say, to suicide. What I think is happening there is they're trying to express the depth of their grief through our worldview. You know, that's a heart shift. That's not like you've learnt this haka, now do this haka. That's like you feel this, you respond in this way. It's instinctive. Mm. We need to get it to that instinctive shift. Manakitanga becomes not a not a kind of practice I can, you know, show or tick a box around, but more like a thing I just do, you know, because it's part of my heart now, my instinct. And that is, it's about experiencing. And, you know, coming into Tao Māori is experiential. Man, I'm trying to explain some of these concepts, like trying to explain tapu. I don't know. It's like you turn the light on, the light goes. I don't know. You know, I've grown up with it. I can't explain it. I can use our amazing scholars' work, but, you know, it's trying to show, trying to learn, trying to touch and feel these things mm. because I think that produces a much more significant outcome um, for those who are learning. So that's the, you know, this isn't just a policy, lovely policy statement. And again, we have had a look. A lot of um, institutions across Aotearoa have been doing these things for quite some time now, a lot of government agencies. Mm. 
really works, really works. And you, as those of us who work in these institutions know, in fact, it makes us quite cynical quite often, like, oh, that's a lovely kupu, you know, manakitanga, all the tangas, oh, look, all the tangas. <laughs> but, you know, you don't actually know what it is. You know, that, that's the... Um, my nan knew what it was, you know, and mm. she could have given me some quarter around it, but she wouldn't put it on a whiteboard and try and explain it to me. You know, so that's the kind of learning, sharing we want to get to. And it's much more challenging. And worst of all, in today's environment, much harder to measure. You know, like, oh, I did X number of workshops. Great, that's done. It's more like, well, my, my narco's been transformed. Well, okay, <laughs> up, I, I, I'll use my narco meter. You know, like, how do you... And also, and I've got to say this, it's partly to... I've really got to thank the leadership of our faculty in particular, non Māori, uh, who really taking this on a lot of trust and mm. and and their kind of narco shift too because, you know, it's a hard sell. You know, it's not the easy sell, this one. This yeah. is the long, slow uh, transformation. So the fact they're willing to back it and go with it um, is fantastic. Um, and the fact that we're like, they're willing to take this approach too. Mm. Oh. Wairu is in there, you know, all this stuff that doesn't, doesn't not always that popular at a university where you know the secular the yeah. the a lot of our values are not recognized or understood or even often rejected so it's a challenging approach mm, kia ora, kia ora, so so to people looking inside from the outside how does this uh, how is this realized in the classroom yeah we do have some ways of, again measurements are a challenge right so we do have some ways we've got always we're always you know thinking about the data those kind of metrics so an obvious one for example we're always seeking of course for better outcomes for Māori and Pacific learners mm-hmm. uh, and of course we have this uh, pretty strong discourse across New Zealand society government does it um, institutions do it that it's Māori fault and Pacific fault. So they bring deficits to the classroom, and that's why these outcomes. Like, yep, our, yep, our entire schooling system needs a lot of work, but to blame everything on the students is not to accept our huge role in this, and we need to remedy that. So, you know, there's some of the challenges there. But certainly better outcomes. So from our Aqua Arts courses, we've had better outcomes for all our students. Because this is designed for all our students, not just for money. This isn't a deficit. This isn't a close the gaps program, mm. you know. Because again, that puts the onus back on. That puts the problem on our people. The problem isn't on our people. The problem's on everyone here. We're still working on the challenge of how to measure that in a way that actually works. You know, in a way we can kind of, you know, be realistic. We have to justify budgets and stuff yes. as we go. You know, resources are limited. We've got to be. Um, we, we love the government and their funding, but we could always do it more. Uh, you know, that, that kind of, um, those kind of challenges. So we have to be realistic about that. And I think, you know, we need to have that conversation. There's a big one at the moment about pepeha. Can, you know, non-Māori access our maunga and our awa? And I certainly understand the questioning of it. Um, but I think, again... Why 262? It's like I'm quoting my other book of scripture here, um, and Joe Williams is our high prophet of, uh, of that particular scripture. Uh, the, the epistle according to Joe Williams uh, is, uh, I think, it's a risk worth taking in the long run. You know, I think it's time for us to start kind of resolving 
these things. One of the messages he gave us, the way I'm going to interpret it, is like, don't be afraid. You know, like, there's a lot to be fearful of. Our history kind of teaches us to be fearful, and as a historian, I get that one for sure. But, um, you know, step out, courage and kind of faith. And in, 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 uh, the confidence of that our tikanga is worth something. You know, that it, it is strong enough to retain its integrity in the face of change. In addition to his role as kaiarahi with the Faculty of Arts at the University of Auckland, Dr Hirini Carr is working on his upcoming book. So the book's based on my PhD thesis, uh, Hengako Ho uh, Te Hahi Mihinare from uh, around 1800 to around 1992. I was going to do just post-World War II originally when I started, but one of my supervisors was um, Professor um, James Bellich, who's oh. an amazing man, a mentor, friend, um, but also... How should I put this? Very challenging at times. <laughs> and um, he made me take it out to all 200 years. That's a long period. So I both thank him and curse him at the same time for that, <laughs> for that wisdom. But it was necessary because the story uh, hasn't really been told. Uh, and so someone's got to go first and kind of set the context, you know. And then people can start drilling down, picking holes, kapoi. But, you know, someone's got to do the kind of context for it as well. So April is when this will be published and released? Uh, so, yeah, no, oh, sorry, probably July. Oh, July, um, yeah. We're just um, working with the printers and stuff at the moment. So um, just because of the con- uh, circumstances that are happening at the moment too. But again, um, the great thing about history is it's always kind of timely. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not running off anywhere. That's but true. yeah, we are hoping for the middle of the year to have it released. Tēnei te mihi kia koe e Dr. Hirini Ka. Nō ngā tikahungunu, rongofakata, tairawhiti whanui. He uri anō nō tōna ahuru mōwai, ko te maunga o hekurangi. Dr. Hiriri Kaadia, Kayarahi with the Faculty of Arts at the University of Auckland. If you'd like to know more information about our corded or head to rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Next week, I'm in Taupo with Murray Hemi, the kaitiaki at Miraka, a Māori owned milk company with Tuarupaki Trust. Nairena kua taikite mutunga o tiahika he kaupapa anō hei tērā wiki. Join us next Sunday. Tēnā tato katoa. Tokuwa Puma Kato Hua Kia Ho Ano Me Paya Ho Inga Mia Kato Metuwa Hine Puro Tu Hema Hinuera Tebu Puri